Only when we act together will we have the courage to change our lives and the world around us. This is why community is such an important aspect of our human experience. Welcome to the Community Heroes podcast, where we celebrate and share the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Catherine Mann. On this show, we share the stories of people using their skills, experiences, businesses, and involvement through sporting clubs and service organizations to enrich the lives of those around them. Community is so much more than the town you live in. It's a group of people that care about each other and feel they belong together. They are the people that support you when you need it the most. They're the ones who share the same ideas, interests and attributes that you do. Now let's hear from the heroes that are pioneering, changing and impacting their communities. Hello and welcome to the Community Hero Show. Today I have the amazing Naomi Lambert joining us. Naomi is the founder and CEO of the Cool To Be Kind project and self-professed kindness ninja. After a devastating battle with infertility and a subsequently hysterectomy, Naomi has found other ways to make an impact on the world and proudly shares her story of survival, courage and finally finding her reason. She offers peer support advice and visits both in person and virtually to other individuals and couples currently struggling with becoming parents. The Call to Be Kind project started in January in 2018 is now a global social initiative with the important goal of sharing kindness, whatever and wherever we can. When human quality within us all which often gets forgotten in the hustle and bustle of life. So far, the kindness has been found in Australia, the US, Brazil, England, Spain, New Zealand, Thailand, and South Africa. And because kindness doesn't cost anything, there is no boundaries to where it can be or who we can help. Naomi is determined to ensure that this movement will be around for a long time because unlike the latest fad, kindness will always be cool. There are so many terrible things going on in the world right now, so it's a good a time as any to share the kindness and make people smile. Thank you so much for joining us, Naomi. Thank you for having me. I love that, the kindness ninja. Yeah, love it. Just embodies all the cool shit. Yeah, it does. I just need to get a costume for it, I think. I think you should. Yeah. I absolutely think we should make that for you. We should do it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you are quite crafty. I am, but it's all self-taught and not always very good. Um, yesterday, <laughs> if anyone's got any ideas for getting super glue out of hair, I'd really like them because that's what happened yesterday. <laughs> oh, that sounds interesting. Mm. Uh, maybe a haircut? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, or maybe I'll just wait for it to just fall out. Yes, lots of conditioner. I'm yeah. not sure. Rig your hairdresser. That's what Jules yeah. would do. Yeah, well, that is what Jules would do. Just go pink. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, that's hilarious. Well done. So I actually, so I've known you through a 
a networking group that we're both a part of. Neom's actually over in Perth. I'm in Victoria. So it's not as if we're actually catch up face to face. But I've been connected with her through this uh, She's the Boss networking group for a couple of months now. And I'd heard quite frequently about the Could Be Kind project, but I didn't know about your story behind it. And when I did, I was in tears. Mm. Yes. It's a hard one. Um, it is. It, yeah, it's well in context. So I had to have a hysterectomy in 2015 and honestly my one true dream was to be a mum. And when that was quickly taken away, I lost my crap basically. Um, the hysterectomy itself was an absolute nightmare, uh, hormone replacement therapy, and it was at a time when all my friends and social media were telling me every day that, oh, we're pregnant, there's a baby, there's the slap in the face. Um, so I think for probably two years I rarely left the house. I couldn't handle it, couldn't see kids in shops. Um, and then I went, one of the first times I went out, I witnessed a teenager who had two adults with him, so possibly parents, knock over an old lady in the shops. and did not stop but not that nobody looked back and no one else helped her and I remember in that moment being so angry that I wouldn't be able to be a parent and try to raise kind kids like I just wouldn't be in my nature so I got all angry couldn't sleep and decided to challenge the people of Perth um to do something kind and designed these I designed 50 kindness cards you know set up an email a website and hit them in places and there was no expectation of response so I didn't tell anybody and they started to come in and I got 32 responses out of 50 with just amazing things people had done and there was just this moment when I was like yeah I can still make a difference this is the reason why so and yeah it's just kind of taken off since then. That is so beautiful. I really appreciate you being so open about that. It's such a difficult thing. Mm. So, yeah, please share a little bit more about yourself and, you know, before before it all sort of, um, before 215 and what was your life like and, and who were you, what were you doing? And then, you know, yeah, how did the actual, so you've sort of alluded to the start of the, the, the kindness project, but tell us a little bit more about what it is and how it operates. <sighs> My, I have always, I had a very privileged upbringing. I was an expat child. Um, you know, my, I was born in the UK. My brother was born in Dubai. My sister was born in Singapore. So I've always travelled and seen the good and bad in the world. Um, so kindness, I think, is second nature, not second nature anymore, but to me it's so important. I've seen so many unkind things in the world that I want to make a difference so we do the kindness cards which people hide I've just written a children's book which has got kindness cards in it so they can cut them out and go hide them I'm a big believer in that we should be raising kind kids because the world would have to be a better place if we can start from an early age um but there's no limits to what what we can do because it's an innate quality and we should all just be practicing it. You know, go to the shops and just smile at one person and then come back and tell me that it didn't actually feel good because I guarantee you won't. 
You're right, and it's not it's not a difficult thing to to be and do a kind gesture. If you see somebody struggling with their groceries, you can help them. If they're, you know, seeing if they're unsure about crossing the road, you can help them. My, um, we have a habits board, and um, and on my husband's his is, you know, do a kind, do something nice for someone every day, and and he's always sort of coming back with different stories of how he's helped. Uh, you know, he's sort of in in the public, so he can, you know, work and, and still yeah. be uh, with people at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> and so he can do nice things. Um, but it's you know, it's a little compliment. It's telling someone the dress looks nice. It's telling someone that they, you know, that they've got an, a, a you know, they've smiled, brightened your day. Yeah. And sometimes it's not about you giving somebody, it's it's about appreciating somebody else as well. Yeah, 100%. And I was in the um, queue at the shops a couple of months ago, actually longer than that, pre-COVID, and there was a gentleman, an old gentleman behind me. He had one thing. My trolley was full, so I said, just go ahead of me. And the look on his face, I was actually like, what did I just do that was wrong? He didn't move. There was shock. I'm inside going, oh, my God, what did, like, what did I say? And he said, I don't know how to feel because nobody's done anything kind to me for so long that I don't recognise the feeling. And I burst into tears there because that is so wrong for someone to actually not know what it feels like to help other people. And I'd be able to accept that gift of just a kind, simple gesture. Yeah, 100%. And it doesn't have to be big. You don't have to spend money to do it. You know, it's go and knock on your neighbour's door and say hi. And write a note and leave it in a library book. Just do something, anything. And yeah, just will change someone's life, whether or not you see it or you don't. It definitely, it's so easy to do. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. It's just it doesn't have to be a personal thing. You can just do it, you know, incognito and, and leave the notes. I love that as a thing. And um, yeah, I have these little like little post-it notes in my my handbag and or in my wallet and you know, write something kind of and leave yeah. on my, you know, my friend's desk. And you yeah. know, when I was being, you know, visiting or something like that, just to be random, but yeah. something that they get while I'm not there that they yeah. can keep. Yeah, 100%. It's, yeah, I love that people do that. I think it's great. Yeah, cool. And so, you know, with growing up and being and travelling everywhere, what were some of the big sort of uh, impacts? So you said, you know, seeing kindness and also so the, the other sort of side of devastations. Is there any like specific instances that really stood out for you that really uh, created a big impact in your life? Yeah, going to China actually and seeing kids on the side of the road. Um, like, I, there's a lot of things I don't remember growing up, but that was I remember seeing a girl on the side of the road once, and she was you know, really young toddler, um, and only had one leg, and she was sitting there all by herself, and people were just walking past and not stopping. Um, and I remember that's I remember at that age going, I'm not gonna if I could go grab her and bring her home, I would have done it. You know, that so and it just you know, it's so clear. I remember her face and she actually was smiling when I looked at her and yeah. There's some special <laughs> special people out there. It makes me teary thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's being able to sort of see them and you know, they would feel so invisible getting walked past and 
not being accepted, I suppose, in society uh, and they feel so, they get used to being neglected. Yeah. So to have And having nothing just and still smiling. They do. Yeah, they're so grateful for what it is yeah. that they do have. They don't work, they don't focus on what they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so tell us about, so yeah, you said you wrote a children's book. Tell us a bit more about that. I wrote it in the space of about four hours. Um, last year, my father-in-law passed away from motor neuron disease and after the funeral I couldn't sleep and just started writing and it just flowed um, and sent it off that night to publishers, not thinking that anyone would get back to me and I was straight away, one of them came back and said, yep, love it, let's do this. Um, so it's called One Kind Day and it basically takes um, in poem form and takes kids through ways that you can be kind and being kind to yourself. And then we've got kindness cards also in it that they can colour in and then drop off at places. And there's just a list of um, acts of kindness that people can do as well. So I wanted it to be very interactive, educational. And although it's probably for under seven, I think because of kindness, anybody, it doesn't really have an age thing to it you know I've had parents reading it to kids and um yeah so I love it I somehow managed to do all the illustrations which is an absolute pain in the bum but this is me and I was decided that I'd try to do it <laughs> so I did so it's definitely a labor of love um, yeah that's great I love that it's not just something that gives them it gives the actual tools for them to go out and put it into action as well yeah yeah, and I think that's important with so many things these days. You can read the words, especially as kids. You know, actually doing it, you'll remember. It, it, it just adds this extra quality to um, teaching them and making it fun as well. Yeah, that's great. I like that. And and it's not just also showing them kindness to others, but kindness them to themselves as well because it's yeah. something that is, you know, the more we sort of look after ourselves, the more we can look yeah. after other people. So yeah. I think that's a really important trait uh, to encourage in and instill in children too. Yeah, and in all of us as well. I think kindness is a huge part of self-care. Um, I honestly now would choose going and doing something kind than going to get a massage, that kind of thing. Like it makes me feel better to do that than it does to go, Sure, the massage is nice, but if I'm feeling really down and I have those days, like I really do, just going and driving around and sitting in the shops and helping someone with their shopping makes me feel so much better. Yeah, that's great. And so if it's not too uncomfortable, would you like to talk a little bit about what, you know, the the lead up to you, you know, what it was like and, you know, being able to not finding it, not being able to have kids and then, you know, a little bit more on really that spark of the inspiration of finding ways to give back? Yeah. Um, I've had health issues for growing up quite a bit um, in, what was it? 2008 I got bitten by a white-tailed spider um, and it paralyzed me so I ended up on life support and was in ICU for months and had to learn to walk again um, and there were a couple of things post that that um, that happened and it I ended up having a scar on my tummy that I wanted to get um, made it neater 
as I was getting married, I was very self-conscious of it. Something went wrong with that and I ended up really, really sick again. But the scar, um, the scar was horrible. But I kept getting these cysts post this and it was weird. I'd get them every year at the same time. And my surgeon was great and he just kept draining them until it got to one day when I went into hospital, I was in so much pain. They drained four litres of fluid out and the surgeon just said to me, we need to, we don't know where it's coming from, but this is really dangerous and you're in too much pain. I don't want to keep doing this. He knew me really well. So he said, go and see an IVF person, um, you know, maybe try and have eggs and well, then I think giving you a hysterectomy would be, um, probably the safest option so unfortunately um my egg reserve was really really low and the surgeon said there was pretty much no chance that I'd be able to um conceive so the decision was kind mm. of taken away from us um in that respect um so yeah I had the full hysterectomy in 2015 and all the the rubbish that goes with with that um yeah that's that's the health the health side of things yeah gosh it's just so it's something that you just don't sort of think about is something from a from a white tail like a spider bite like yeah. I've heard I've heard that thing of, of people having um the infection come back year after year for many years but yeah. but not to that degree and causing uh that kind of life-altering yeah, it was, challenges. it was huge. Um, it ended up being that my immune system kind of attacked itself um, from there. So I've got something called Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, but it took a long time to diagnose it because it was so rare in young people. Um, so that's what it ended up being. Um, and, yes, if I see a spider now, I'm on the chair and, husband, please come home from work and get this thing. <laughs> I can't get down to who you do. Oh wow! Yes, I'm totally. I'm I'm okay with spiders, but I definitely will uh, be a little bit more cautious right now. Mm. <laughs> it's been and if you tell, there's always two. They come in pairs, so ah, if you find one, look out for the other one. So, um, but a big part of it as well when I had to go to the menopause clinic, and I was the youngest by so many, <laughs> so many years. Um, and I think it was at that point I was like, I really need to start something that will help young women as well because I didn't have anyone that wasn't in a white coat to tell me that what I was going through was normal. We couldn't find anyone who'd had that at 32 years old. Um, so that was a big, big thing. I do a peer support um, program now and just try and help men, women, you know, with the journey because it's horrible and it's sad, but it's so every second person knows someone now that's affected by it or has gone through RBF. It's really quite prevalent in society, but I still don't think it's talked about enough. You're so right there. It really, it isn't uh, spoken about, and but it is definitely a challenge that affects many, many people. Yeah, and it's, you don't know what to say. I've always, especially, you know, I always feel quite um, awkward yeah. um, because I am blessed. I do have children, but I was told at 18 to have a child now or risk never having one. 
So I took the opportunity to have a child and, you know, 16 years later I managed to keep it alive and she's doing great. Wonderful. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) And actually I love that we're having this conversation because we were, uh, her and I were were on a road trip down to Melbourne on Friday and we were talking about kindness and we recently, so I've got two two daughters, 16 and uh, my younger one just turned six. And we recently had a birthday party for Bailey, the six-year-old, and we were talking about it. And I said, you know, one of the mums came up to me at Bailey's party just at the park and she said, I always ask my son who's the nicest kid in class and he always says Bailey. And I said to me, I said, I don't care if you girls are smart, you're the best at anything. I said, but what I do care about is if you're kind and you're good to people. I said, that yeah. means more to me than anything else. I said, yes, you're both, you know, got good, good heads on your shoulders. I said, but it's the fact that you can care about other people. I said, that's what will get you through and a long way in life yeah. and a happy life and one that's fulfilling and has purpose, yeah. not just your intellectual uh, yeah. abilities. So it's, and I think it is important to have these conversations with little kids, big kids, everybody. And and to encourage them to be nice, Amelia had a quite a confronting uh, incident happen where there was a kid who was being quite racist and she pulled him up and just said that's not acceptable behaviour. And, you know, she said it was hard to do, but I said, you know, we sort of talked through what she did and I said, what I appreciate that you did is you didn't bring him down. You just addressed the issue that he was saying. I said, you're not calling him uh, any names or anything else. And I said, that is how you deal with people where you want them to actually feel inspired to change. And he ended up sending her a message that that night and apologised for his behaviour. Well, that must so, have been a proud mum moment. That's kindness right there. That's, yeah. yeah it's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Look, they are um, yeah, they're they're good kids. So yeah. somehow. <laughs> You're raising um, them well. That's right. But yeah, it is, it's not, it's not sort of making it rocket science. It's not sort of, you know, forcing them to do anything. They don't have to, you know, give out, give up everything away it's just encouraging them to to treat people just as what they would want to be and just as they want other people to be so it's uh yeah it's not it's not difficult no life no it's not and you know we can be cynical and life gets in the way but it's always there 100 percent. being nice is always there you just need to actually commit to doing it yeah that's right yeah, and you know, for with Bailey, so she's just the one that's always, you know, getting the kids that are hurting themselves and taking them off to sick bay. You know, she's mm. <laughs> it's just like Have I swear to. she will be like some sort of doctor or yeah. nurse or something like that. She's forever taking these kids to Aww. sick bay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet though. <laughs> it's a bit random, but it's very funny. Random's and, good. It is. It is very good. And and her favourite T-shirt, you'll be proud, is she has this, um, yeah, 
uh, yellow T-shirt with a rainbow on it saying kindness is cool and it's her favourite shirt. Lovely. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got a few jumpers like that. <laughs> you yeah. need to pry off me to get in the wash because I love them so much. So. I think, yes, we should just absolutely make a massive range of clothing like that because I'm like, man, I want a T-shirt like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very I'm working cool. on it. I will. Work. I'm it's proud of you for that because I reckon be it'd be good. Different. Yeah. Well, they stand out and, you know, it's there's that thing of, you know, having constant reminders out there all the time and we all know kindness feels good, but as you said, life gets in the way and we forget, you know, we forget to put it as a thing just to do, not yeah. that we shouldn't have to think about, but sometimes we've got to get out of our brain because it's so noisy and it's talking mm-hmm. at us so much and we've always got so much going on, just seeing that little note or seeing that reminder of just go take a step back, yeah. what, the, what can you do that is kind? to others and to yourself. Yeah. And especially this year. Um, yes. It's really been a challenge for so many and the, yeah, the power of community as well is so important. Um, we've had, I, I live in a nice suburb in Perth, but we've had a few issues over the last few months with, you know, robberies and a bit of violence. Um, and I reached, there's a house down the road that does epic Christmas lights like I could just sit there that started putting them up already and I didn't know I didn't know the lady or the family that lived there so I put a call out on Facebook to say who lives at this address can you get in contact I promise it's nothing bad you haven't done anything wrong um but I actually had the idea of doing a community mailbox um for for Christmas so people could put kind notes in there and I was going to do it at my house, but then I was like, hang on, everyone goes to see that house. If we can integrate it into their display and have it there, people when, you know, are there, they, the kids can write notes and just what is good about where we live, you know, recognise the good stuff. So I spent all weekends, went to Bunnings and bought a $10 mailbox and spent all weekend decorating it and getting the paper so it would all stay in and walked it to their house last night and, it felt so good. We had never met them before and we were so excited that this is going to happen and the kids already put notes in it. Um, so that's what I've learned this year as well as power of community and caring and it, it's vital. Absolutely. That is such a great idea. And I love it how you can kind of look outside your own box and go, it doesn't have to be about me. I'll go, oh, I've got this cool idea. Let's go find somebody else that I can yeah. bring in that can help me make it, amplify it and, yeah, utilise what they've already worked at and built uh, over the last few years of doing Epic Lights. Yeah. And so, you know, you join together and you reach more people. And it, it's all, I just love working together with just collaborating and doing things like that. And I was nervous as all heck that she'd write back and say, don't want anything to do with it. But she didn't. She was on it straight away. So now I'm like, hurry up and put your lights on because I want to see it all light up. And have yeah, my this is all there. about me. Here. Yeah. This is nothing about you. Come on. December the 1st. What? That is too far away. No, <laughs> that is great. And so what do you think the real value people receive from the service you provide? I think it just makes them feel good. Honestly, I just, I think it changes perspectives and it shows that there's more to life than the hustle and bustle and the stress. And, you know, I have so many emails from people 
you know, connected or their life has changed because they've done something for someone else. Like it's just, just a good feeling. It's plain and simple, I think. Yeah, that's great. It's nothing that is like, you know, it's just nice and simple yeah. and easy and that's what it should be. Yeah, and I've had a few, you know, a big part of it as well for me is the bullying that goes on with children and I probably get three emails a week from boys and girls that are struggling and then the end of that email is, you know, but thank you so much for this. Can can you send me a kindness card so I can hide it in one of the, you know, for the bully to find kind of thing. So it's making an impact that way as well. Yeah, it's possibly reframing how they deal with challenging situations. Yeah, yeah. And I think nobody wants to stand up as well probably as a child or a teenager to the bullies because the repercussions for them could be massive. Um, so I'm working on getting a program to take into schools. But if you could leave a kindness card for the bully or in the back, you know, somewhere they'd find it, that might actually be enough to have them oh you know reevaluate what they're doing or is that a really cynical (laughs) cynical thing to think no I think it's there because you know everybody does something for some reason and there's been many studies done into bullying behavior and it's not because they're bad people it's because they're challenged in other ways and they don't necessarily know how to deal with their feelings and they go to an, an action that they've either seen or it's become, you know, apparent in their life that this is how you deal with situations, which is really unfortunate. Mm. Um, so there's there's a lot that needs to change within that. And, you know, as Amelia was dealing with the with the the child saying racist things, she didn't pull him down as a person being a racist uh, because that would only hurt him because yeah. it was his behaviour that needed to be um, changed or to be addressed. And I think it's the same with uh, bullying behaviour. There'll be yeah. there's always I believe, and maybe I'm just that just silly optimist that I believe everybody's good and kind and lovely and you know. Yeah. And I do believe that to to the core of my being, that that what they do, there's there's a reason behind it. And if we can address the those issues, then the bad behaviour just dissipates. Yeah, it's kind of like flipping the narrative on things as well. I think it's yeah, definitely reframing it and getting people to think and putting themselves in other people's shoes as well. Yeah, there's a big, there was um, a quite a, a alarming study done and 80% of bullying behaviour is actually caused from children uh, for, uh, that are from homes of parents that are in stressful, overworked jobs that they're unhappy in their employment. Yeah. That's a big statistic to call out. That's it's massive. Like, that's that's a lot, but because they're, you know, you could just imagine because they're feeling so unappreciated and loved because the parents in such a stress mode, mm. they're unhappy in their workplace. So they're unhappy in the workplace. They're bringing that home as well. They're becoming unhappy in, in their home life. Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of businesses and companies and uh, really need to look and address the how are their, how are their employees going home and 
how best can they bring kindness into the workplace yeah. as well? Yeah, that's a, another thing on the bucket list is to look at going into corporate and, um, yeah, educations of some sort. Yeah, that's great. Uh, good on you. And so what support networks uh, do you have in place and how have you really established those? I am so lucky with the support that I've got. You know, from the get-go, um, when I started it, I got one of my friends sent an email to our local minister, um, federal minister, and her name is Dr Anne Alley, and she was she's the first um, Muslim woman to be elected to parliament, and she wrote me a note after saying, I want to meet you, and if you're not going to do something with this, I'm going to take it from you and run with it because we need more of it in the world. So um, she's been amazing. We're just friends now as well. So yeah, I've got support from her. You know, my family's great. Um, Jules, who runs the She's the Boss group as well, I met up with her two years ago and um, she helped me with the PR and is still uh, still very, very supportive of what, what I do. Um, my husband is amazing. He just agrees with everything I do. Um, so that kind of without even if he doesn't agree, um, he agrees. So I'm yeah above and beyond with with the support that I've got and people reaching out and wanting to help and yeah I'm a very lucky girl. Oh, that's beautiful. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced? I don't know. If, making something of it because I've struggled with not having a tangible product like if you're doing a business more often than not there's a service or something that people buy from you so I've really I've really struggled with that um but I'm of the mindset now that that's okay that it's not about having a product or service it's about the journey and my story and helping people um but and another massive challenge was actually being brave enough to tell my story um I didn't want to talk about it I didn't want to be the face of this when it first came out I was like I'll just stay anonymous like we can just do this um but I think just putting myself out there and actually talking about the health issues and how much it's affected me has really been um a massive learning curve and something that I've had to get my head around but it's actually made me come to terms with what I went through as well and knowing that it's okay to talk about it, it's okay if I cry, it's okay if I'm angry because I will be helping someone and there'll be another woman or another couple who feel exactly the same way or a kid that has been bullied. And, it, yeah, um, so working with telling my story has probably been massive to come to terms with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's such an intrinsic uh, challenge with a, with. I think most people, every I think every person that uh, they really have to become that acceptance of their story, and I suppose there's that little bit where either the pain uh, is so so harsh, it's it's quite difficult mm. to do that. So it's really at a level of dedication and a vision that's filled with passion and that really creates that perseverance to be able to to go through. Yeah, and it's giving yourself time as well. You cannot put a limit on how you're going to feel um, or that you must do it by this kind of date because that's detrimental to your recovery and your learning. Um, so honestly, just 
being aware that it's going to take time to get over things, whether it's the hysterectomy, not having kids or losing someone, being kind to yourself is giving yourself time to actually sit with it, to grieve, to work out what you want to do next. That's right. And because every part of those and whether it be, I think in every circumstances that causes, um, you know, a lot of damage and where we can sort of go into victim mode, there is a, a, you know, there's the seven, seven stages of grief. And even though you didn't lose a child, you lost all your children. So it is still, there's still grief of what you wanted, your dreams, your vision of family and that sort of thing. So, and I think that that can happen with everybody's, even like with sexual abuse victims, they've got the, the grief of a childhood that they, you know, Mm. wish they had had. So there's all those seven stages of grief uh, overcoming that, that I think everyone needs to allow themselves the time to go through. Yeah, and that point is so valid because I was always like, but I didn't know the child. I didn't know the baby. Like I haven't lost someone. They haven't died. And then I was like, well, you have, as you said, you have lost it because you've lost the ability. So allow yourself to grieve through that. Allow yourself to cry. You know, this is a massive thing that will change. It changes your life. So you just give yourself time. Don't be hard on yourself and acknowledge the fact that grief is grief and comes in so many different forms. Yeah, and it's your own personal healing is is uh, not a destination. Yeah, it's not a race. It's no. it is something. And I will just never heal. To. I'll never. I'll never get over it. I just learn to live with the feeling, um, and just spoil my friends' kids and my nieces and nephews. You know, that's I love being able to do that. Take them shopping and give them back at the end of the day. You know. <laughs> It's, you can enjoy those moments yeah, too. I can spoil them as much as I want and then walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and go and have cool a G&T, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, well done, fine form. Yeah. But I think it's it's a beautiful lesson there is you don't heal from pain and trauma, but you do find ways that you can uh, learn from the experience in a way to give back and help others. And yeah. I think that's an incredible, incredible thing to do. Yeah, um, I'm proud that I've got to this point. And honestly, if people say, but when did it all change for you? And November the 17th, 2018, is I went to sleep and when I woke up the next morning, honestly, my heart didn't hurt as much as it did when I went to bed. And it was at that point that I realised I was going to be okay. Yeah, that's incredible that you can put a put a feeling on that. Yeah. It's an amazing amount of uh, self-awareness right there. <laughs> yeah, now I'm self-aware back then, maybe not so much. <laughs> but it's all growth, isn't it? It's all personal. Oh, yeah, and you always evolve. Exactly. Life would be boring if it wasn't. But so, said, there's no destination, it's the journey. That's right. So what are your big dreams and visions for the future? Getting, starting the school program, getting another book. I'd love to run kindness retreats um, as well. I also would like to look at doing, you know, conferences that are for parents and their kids to come um, because there is such an issue with bullying. And I just think it would be really nice to have an event with, you know, interactive with, mums and their kids there dads come and just focus on 
what it means to be nice. So, yeah, so many, so many things, journals and get kindness cards in every house in the world if that's, you know, if that's a massive goal. Let's go <laughs> I, big. I dream big, may as well. That's right. Why not? Yeah. We're not here to play small. No, never. This is me. <laughs> I've got through enough. I can get cards in every house, even if I have to take them myself. <laughs> You'll be the card fairy. Yeah. Yeah. Set of the ninja. You float through the air and just deliver them all like Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So, how can people contact you, assist you, and also follow along on your journey? Um, Instagram's a huge platform for me. I use that a lot. So, that's at the Call to Be Kind Project. Um, my website is thecalltobekindproject.org um, and you can send emails. Um, I'm happy to chat over the phone as well if people need it, if you need peer support. So, yeah, basically website, Instagram are probably the easiest ways in the first instances. How people can help, please just look at your behaviour and then actually analyse whether or not there's more that you could do. And I gather that life is busy and you have bad days but that would be the biggest help is just by changing your mindset just a little bit and just starting to do something kind smile at a stranger let someone go in front of you and then um the knock-on effect from that so yeah that's great well thank you so much for joining us Naomi I've really loved hearing your story and thank you for being so open and honest with all of your heartaches and experiences but it's so inspiring to see the how you've thrived uh, from those and to, in a massive way to take it upon yourself to give back and take massive action and help others and inspire others in such unique and simple and beautiful little ways to create more kindness in the world and in my eyes there can never be enough. I'm with you. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to chat. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more stories of awesome everyday people helping their communities, then make sure you subscribe to this show. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email at communityheroespodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram just by searching Community Heroes Podcast. Also, you can connect with me personally on LinkedIn by searching Catherine Mahn, that's C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-M-A-H-O-N. I hope to hear from you soon.